are now tuned in to 3 Plus 1, the podcast. Hello and welcome to the 3 Plus 1 podcast. 3 Plus 1 is a multi-generational podcast that crosses lines with zennial and millennial voices. Political issues, social matters, and popular culture are explored weekly in a segmented format that engages, informs, and sometimes uplifts. Today we are extremely fortunate to be joined by guest Diamond Hill, the brand psychologist. Diamond, welcome to 3 Plus 1. Thank you. Taking a very brief moment to kind of tell us a little bit, what exactly do you mean by the brand psychologist? So by the brand psychologist, essentially I am a therapist for you and your brand. Um, Most entrepreneurs, you know, they have fear, they have doubt, anxieties. Even if you are not an entrepreneur and you're building a personal brand, you don't know where to start. So I sit you down. We do um, therapeutic-based concepts like mind dumps, self-talk, and things like that to kind of help you get over those barriers. And then you're ready to go to the next level. We do action plans. I have a logistics business partner. We do the dream map. So essentially, like I said, I'm the mental therapist and then my business partner is kind of like the business and action planning. And we work together to kind of like make people make their dreams come true. That is extremely exciting. So we're really excited to have you with us. We're going to go a little bit deeper with you and your concept a little bit later in today's show. And if you don't know, Diamond is also my line sister. Hey! And for those who may not know, that is the uh, call or chant of Alpha Kappa Alpha. And so really glad that you that you could be here with us, Diamond. Uh, we've had a very full and busy week of uh, things happening. And we're going to start this week jumping right into the segment where we explore politics and what's happening in our world regarding political current events. Taken directly from this weekend's New York Times, according to the New York Times, President Trump ordered the firing last June of special counsel Robert Mueller who was the special acting counsel overseeing the Russia investigation, according to four people told of the matter, but ultimately decided to back down after White House counsel threatened to resign rather than carry out the directive. Numerous clips have been revealed or been replayed where this allegation had been made earlier this summer, but was refuted by people like Kellyanne Conway and a number of other special advisors who are very close to the president. Ladies, what are your thoughts about this and what it means for our current President, President Donald Trump, and the White House. Well, you know how I feel about DT. So, really, it's just, like, why does this even matter that he's firing somebody? Like, tell us why does this matter? Okay, so, Diamond, you, you know, I think that we kind of talked a little bit about this before we start. We started the broadcast. Um, you know, so can you give us any insight before I kind of kind of jump in with maybe a little bit of a timeline? Because I think it's really important that our millennials are well-informed. You know, when you look at what's happening in the news, so much of valid credible, long-standing journalists who work for places like the Washington Post, the New York Times, CNN, are being discredited daily by President Trump and his entire uh, machine. You know, a whole group of people who are dedicated to undoing and tearing down the journalism that helps hold up democracy. And, you know, was, you know, democracy dies in the dark. And there seems to be a huge entire uh, shadow that's cast over journalism right now. And I think that it's important that things like this, that's meant to be funny, like our podcast, meant to in- entertain, but will also educate. So though you and your friends will be aware, Taz will be aware, people will know what's going on. You have any insight, Diamond, before I kind of jump in? Right. Um, I think, you know, from watching the news, I think that this particular 
I guess, fight against Trump because there's so many fights going against him. This one seems to be like one of the things that may take him down, in my opinion, only because even the Republicans are kind of like, nah, we're not even with you on this one. Like, you about to try to fire this man who, you like, for what? Like, they're even about to be like, you know, we're all going to quit. So I think that kind of gives me the idea, like, if the people that's supposed to be on your side, the people that are fighting with you every day are saying, you know, we're going to quit, we're going to walk out, that kind of makes me think, okay, like, what are you doing behind the scenes for even your team to say we're not with it? Um, even Fox News has commented and said, you know, we are giving these stories and people are looking at us crazy, you know, as if they're giving the wrong information. They're kind of basically saying, hey, we're not even giving correct information. And now we're even looking crazy. So at this point, everybody looking at Trump like, OK, what do you want us to do at this point? Because we're trying to protect you, you know. Um, I don't know if Fox News will admit that. But at the end of the day, they're saying, like, we're trying to protect you, but you're not giving us any leeway here. So... That's my Absolutely right. So this is why this is so important. A person can commit obstruction, which is what President Trump is accused of, without there having been any underlying crime that you're even trying to hide or conceal. So even if, as Trump maintains, he and his aides did nothing wrong and did not conspire with the Russians to attack the election, they still could be in trouble over the actions that culminated in Comey's dismissal. Further, according to NPR, uh, Trump continued to try to remove Mueller, and he gave multiple reasons for doing so. But this gives you even more reason to believe that President Trump is further trying to obstruct justice and get to the real reasons as to why he may be our president, the Russian collusion, and the support of Russia to undermine Hillary Clinton and make him president of the United States. This matters because if this can happen... And you can have the American concept of democracy defeated, destroyed, and undermined by a complete foreign entity, one that has for almost its entire inception as a civilization, attack democracy. It throws into question everything that we stand for as a nation. And the fact that you have a constant political party and a constant political machine constantly refuting the truth really causes great fear. There are a number of dystopian novels, dystopian visions of our future that exist to this day that talk about this is what brings about the end of civilization. So it's horrific and it's frightening and it doesn't seem to be letting up. And it's not the fact of what President Trump did or did not do that frightens me. It's the response of people in this country to what he did that frightens me. The fact that people still say, I don't care. That people say, you know what, it doesn't matter. If people say, like you said, I don't know. But even more so that if it happens, it's okay as long as my taxes aren't messed up. As long as we're not letting those illegals cross the border. As long as black people are still getting shot by police. That's what scares me more than anything else. Because then we have a country that I do not, that I cannot believe in and will not want to be able to support. Yeah, it's just, it, it is crazy. It's like when I first seen it on the news, I think like Tazzy, it's not that I was kind of like, why does it matter? But it was kind of like, what can we do? Because if he's the president and you have all these different things going on in the government, I think as millennials, sometimes we think to ourselves like, what is it that we can do if they can't even protect themselves? They, the Republicans, Democrats, all of, I mean, even the Republicans are clashing. He having secret meetings or supposed secret meetings saying, I just need your loyalty. Like, it just sounds like a big episode of power. And we just sit here in the background. We don't know what's going on in the government at this point. We don't. All these secrets. And it's just like, we just want to keep our families protected. It's sad. But it's just like, you, sometimes it's kind of like you all out for yourself. Like, it's kind of like, what can we do? But... I don't know. I think we just need help. We really have no idea what is going on in this country. I don't care what anybody says. 
The news tells us what they want us to know. We don't know what Donald Trump is doing. We probably never will know until, like, what, 50 years from now when they finally expose him some shit. And at that point, it's just like, oh, my God. Like, I'm one of those people that I'm tired of hearing about him. I'm tired of hearing about the, what's going on. I understand that, yes, you need to know what's going on in politics but you can't in the world. Tired. You can't get tired. Let me tell you something, Tazzy. You are someone who has a background in journalism. Yes. You're going to continue to have a phenomenal career in journalism. And every one of your friends who's listening to this podcast everyone who's out there who's a part of the millennial generation you can't get tired of hearing it you have to hear it every single day you have to seek it out every single day because you have a responsibility to fight this fight that the same fight that our elders had to fight think about the civil rights movement you don't think that our civil rights elders didn't feel that they didn't get tired themselves they weren't tired of being spit on they weren't tired of getting hosed down they weren't tired of getting rejected from restaurant after restaurant after restaurant they didn't feel the fatigue of that battle but they didn't give up and in this moment, in this era, when you have Black Lives Mattering, when you have Me Too movements, when you have a president who's accused by 19 women of sexual harassment allegations still sitting in the Oval Office without any type of uh, call from his own party, the, the moral right to remove him, we can't get tired. We have to continue to persist and we must continue to hashtag resist and we can't stop. We have to do this for the full four years he's in office. And if God forbid he's reelected, the full eight years that he's in office. Because if not, the truth will never come out. The news is telling the best they can the truth that's there. And they're constantly getting attacked. And they're constantly being tied down. We have to constantly push forward and do everything we can to get the word out. That's why I am such a believer in the 3 Plus 1 podcast and in your future as a journalist. Because I know that this will reach millennials who will engage in some of the fun stuff that we talk about. But I want to educate them and make them realize you young people have a larger responsibility to play in this work. You need to get involved. You need to get informed. And you're the ones who are going to have to make the difference because the future it will lie in your hands. And you have to teach your children when you have them the role that they have to play. I completely agree. And that's why um, listening and subscribing to 3 Plus 1 Podcast is definitely essential to your life because I know there are a lot of millennials out there just like me that are tired of hearing about Donald Trump and the things that are going on, but we also need to be educated on those things so that we make informed decisions when it's time to go to the polls, when it's time to just make changes in our communities. So, yes, I completely agree with you, Dee. So, you know, President Trump ordered that, you know, uh, Special Counsel Mueller gets fired. Uh, he also got a golden toilet. Oh, let's talk about it. Let me tell so, you. So, <laughs> you got to go into it. As reported by Matt Stevens, uh, official at the, at the Guggenheim Museum, uh, were tight-lipped on Thursday night about an unusual email exchange in which its chief curator is said to have rebuffed a White House request for a Vincent Van Gogh painting and instead offered a gold toilet to President Trump and wife, the ever-classy Melania Trump. <laughs> um... <laughs> Citing a September 15 email that the Post said it had obtained, the newspaper reported that Miss Spector had turned down the White House request to borrow Van Gogh's landscape with snow because President and Melania wanted it in their living quarters. Instead, they gave them a solid 18-karat gold copy of a Kohler toilet titled America that had more than 100,000 people who had already used it in the museum's restroom. <laughs> So, ladies, <laughs> what do you think about this, the gold, uh, the golden toilet? Listen, when I saw the story, I thought it was hilarious. It fits perfectly. If President Trump never got a gift that fit him more perfect than this, I don't, I don't, I just don't know. Like, let me tell you why, something. Why is it a perfect gift for President Trump? First of all, the toilet is 18 karat gold. 
It's called America. <laughs> and over 100,000 people have already taken a shit in it. So listen to this. Listen to this. Think about it. They've America. had a bowel movement, <laughs> They've had a bowel they movement. They defecated. <laughs> listen, this man said... Or you could even say they boo-booed. Whatever. Whatever. the toilet. They took a poo. Took a dump. Or a poo. They took a dump. <laughs> but let's not call it the S word. Okay. okay. They took a dump in this toilet already. They dumped on America. This man asked for a Van Gogh painting, and they said, you know what? Instead, we'll give you a toilet. Like, and not even like an exclusive toilet. Like, somebody just made regular American citizens have used this toilet and that makes me so happy because it it really just sounds like to me like you're a piece of shit so we're going to give you a shitter to put in your house <laughs> you're a piece of poo oh god a poo no I'm sticking to my words President Trump you are a grown think, woman and you're empowered to use I the am, words I am I am I'm empowered to use my words and times they, up they get yeah, times <laughs> up I will not silence this black queen as she refers me call I will let you use your words ah, listen I'm just happy I think it fits perfectly don't give that man a Van Gogh he does not deserve that but a toilet that other people have already used and you a toilet you go to the toilet to drop some nasty stuff <laughs> and for them to make it a 18 karat gold that just shows you they took something real nasty and thought they could put some gold on top of it and then called it America now if that is not an amazing metaphor for America at the moment with this current president I don't know what is? I love it. I do too. I think it's so funny. I think because Trump has done so many disrespectful things to us, and I think this was kind of just like a here you go, like this is how you treat us. We're gonna do this. You try to be funny, we're gonna be funny. Too. Yes. So let's keep going. Like, <laughs> y'all want to just keep the jokes coming, buddy. Like, and I know he's gonna try to make light of it. He's gonna make it seem like it's the best. Day. I got my eighteen mood um toilet. <laughs> And we gonna just be looking at him like he's stupid. Like, just keep it coming. That's so. real nasty. I'm I don't even him. know. Do you think they even sanitized the toilet no. before they gave it to him? A hundred thousand people then sat on that toilet, and now him and his wife about to sit on it too. Mm-hmm. God. <laughs> so, ladies, you don't think that it's disrespectful to the president for them to give him a gold toilet called America? I think it's a little bit disrespectful to the office of the president. Despite how we may feel about him and what he does, I still think it's a little bit disrespectful. It's not disrespectful if it's the man. If my president, Barack Obama, would have asked for a Van Gogh painting, it would have been there 10 minutes before he asked for it. But because this is Donald Trump, they gave him an appropriate gift. It's not disrespectful at all. Take that gift, move along. They would have never disrespected Barack Obama and Michelle by giving them a toilet that 500,000 people that already took a shit in. Like, what? Never. So why do you think they wouldn't have given that to President Obama? What's the difference between President Obama and President Trump in regards to the Guggenheim Museum and Arts in the United States of America? President Obama is a decent man. He's, he doesn't get on television and disrespect different cultures. He doesn't attack artists for speaking their opinion. Like, he doesn't have racial or, you know, sexist things that he says in public and on the news. And he's not on Twitter being a bully. So, of course, they, they view him differently. It's natural. Okay, so this is a great time to kind of segue into uh, some of the social media outrage and uproar that's happening uh, currently. And we're going to start off with this really viral journal entry from 
King Johnson. From King Johnson. A young schoolboy has called out his teacher after a lesson on the man who discovered America. Of course, Christopher Columbus is documented in history as having found America, but for contemporary Europeans. There are lots of people who are already living on the continent at the time that Christopher Columbus came. King Johnson reacted to the class with a powerful entry in his journal. A regular part of his schooling, I would think that, you know, we write journals. I know when I was teaching, I had you guys write journal entries at times. Um, and in this account, he doesn't hold back his thoughts and his opinion. Uh, Tazzy, would you like to read King's letter Let me to read his teacher, to you what King said. Dated January 22nd. King, King said, today was not a good learning day. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I only wanted to hear you not talking. You said something wrong and I can't listen when I hear lies. My mom said that the only Christopher we acknowledge is Wallace. Shout out to Biggie. Because Columbus didn't find our country. The Indians did. I like to have Columbus Day off, but I want you to not teach his lies. That is all. My question for the day is, how can white people teach black history? Signed, King Johnson. Yes, King Johnson. I, the, what I like about this is that he was like, that is all, and then posed her a question. Like, he was like, drops mic, and I got a question for you. How can white people teach black history? Like, this boy is insanely genius. He's very, like, his parents got to be woke. I'm not trying to be funny, but his parents got to have dreads, and, like, they got to be real serious about this black history. Not, these are not no typical black parents. Like, I'm not being funny, because this boy is too woke for his own good. He's like, I want school out, and he's like, but if we gotta be here I don't want you teaching me low lies like this boy just need to be the teacher of the class at this point because he was so dumb with her I respect it I just hope that my children are raised this way where they're not going to school I want you to learn but at the same time if I'm teaching you something at home I want you to be able to have a a conversation with your teachers, an intelligent conversation. And I don't think he said anything disrespectful. I think a lot of the stuff he said, he was challenging her. But at the same time, I feel like it was very eloquent. Um, he said today, he told her how he felt. He said today was not a good learning day. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I love it. Like, I just hope that my children are smart. So I respect it. Tessie, what are your thoughts? I think it's absolutely hilarious. This family, like Diamond said, but this is it disrespectful? Those, it's not disrespectful. Was King Johnson being no. disrespectful mm-hmm. to his teacher? Not it at was all. Also, King Johnson being very, you know, on one hand, I think that you know Diamond indicated that he's very woke, mm-hmm. but I think on the other hand, he's also not very woke. What right? was disrespectful? So I think the fact that he would say that uh, first and foremost that you know my you know you're flipping your journey and you have the right I do believe that it's good for kids to have autonomy I agree 100% that he was a very good critical thinker and it's very important for children to have autonomy and agency to question what they're being taught I think that's important but I do think also that there is a way that we can encourage our kids to pose their questions so that it can be enlightening and it can be insightful for even the teacher and not disrespectful and again when he adds in that my question for this day is how can white people teach black history i do not know if any of that was connected to the rest of his journal entry and i don't know if that was really meant to agitate the teacher you know further and to add further insult to her i get that he was probably very angry because he felt that what he was hearing was very contrary to what he knows to be true and i agree with him about what he knows to be true but that's not what most people are taught I was taught that Christopher Columbus was the founder of America. My life later, I've learned throughout a number of education and degrees, that's not the case. But that may not be where his teacher, you know, is. And I think that there's a way that we can teach kids to, as parents, ways that we can teach kids to challenge and to push back and to confront that's very respectful and that's very appropriate. 
I feel bad for the teacher, actually. You don't know King's intentions. Like, you can't sit here and make it seem like King wrote the article and was like, I'm going to hurt my teacher's feelings. Let me ask her this question. No, we just don't know King's it. intentions. We don't. But I think it could have been an innocent child. I think you know mom's intention, the fact that this has become viral, that this has been posted by the parent and like shared over and over and over again. I think that it was, I do think that there were some maybe less than positive intentions. There's a lot of good that can come from it, is that this can cause a nationwide discussion about culturally relevant pedagogy. So if you don't know what that term means, you can look it up. But it's about where we respect the culture of our children and the culture of all people, whether it's in regards to race, gender, sexual orientation, gender identity, whatever the case may be, we can, as educators, ensure that we are using a lens that respects all and that is sensitive to all. Um, and I think that is a good part about this. Uh, but I think that, you know, I feel bad for this teacher because I don't think that she really knows. I don't think any teacher goes and says let me be destructive today let me disrespect someone's heritage let me share and teach lies and teacher may be doing it but I think it was intentional and now this is virally shared everyone knows it uh, anyone who knows King Johnson and from Chicago probably will know that he's in this <laughs> teacher's classroom and that's something that can be very damaging for that teacher and could also if she's not embraced by woke educators she could end up leaving the field and doing further damage to people because she may end up being you know someone who truly hates uh people right i I think her response i don't know i think she should she should just have been more open to what she said because i think like you said i think culturally even with all these social constructs just all of these things culturally going around as teachers you are educated too learn about the different cultures that are going to be in your classroom and hopefully there's some type of trainings. I'm not a teacher, but I'm hoping there's some type of trainings. And not all enough. That. It's not enough of those yeah, trainings. Yeah, so really that's, isn't. I think that's the, the bigger conversation. Like, if things are like this are going on, you know, like you said, the Black Lives Matter and all these things are going on. Children are being taught different things in the home now because now everybody, like I said, quote unquote, is woke. So in these trainings, there needs to be like, hey, since this is going on, like, as a teacher, these are things that you might come in contact in your classroom. How are you going to deal with it? And I think you're going to go over her response, but I think her response of, I don't know. If you yeah, you can it. share it. Oh, no. her, um, the teacher responded back in his journal and said, um, King, I'm very disappointed in your journal today. So with that, I feel like she didn't even leave it an open conversation between her and the child to say, hey, like, I know how you may feel or, hey, you know, your parents may have told you this or, you know, I think she was just like, I'm disappointed in what you said. And I think that would, I mean, that alone too hurts my feelings too for for the little boy. It's kind of like, okay, you know, like you just taught me all of this stuff and I'm telling you, I don't believe in it. All you got to say is you mad at me now. Like, Mm, you know, you're right. I would rather you just say like, hey, you know, this is what we've been taught this is what in the books i know you may have heard something else at home and i'm not arguing with you on that but this is what you know we teach in school and you know i just feel like she should have been a little bit more open and not just her i know there are other teachers too who are teaching what's in books but at the same time you do have to be more sensitive to what people are learning at home and just not telling them hey that's wrong this is what you know right i agree i agree but what about when children are learning things at home that are wrong like there's a whole entire movement out here where parents are teaching their children the earth is flat Excuse me? There's a whole entire <laughs> movement. Uh, I think that there's a rapper, B.O.B. B.O.B. thinks the earth is flat. I but believe Kyrie I would, I would, Irving thinks that right, the earth is flat Right, and I would think that he's well. probably going to teach his children that, as, yeah. you know, that the earth is flat. So what do you do? As, <laughs> what should educators do when you have those type of situations happening? I, <clears throat> because what this teacher, but I, and I say that to say that the teacher is teaching the standards, right? Mm-hmm. It's what I hope. 
These are the learning standards. The problem isn't with the teacher. The problem is probably with the learning standards. And that's what we should be attacking and trying to peel back and investigate. Why is this standard still being taught in whatever state, well, in Illinois? Like, these are the state standards for Illinois. This is what they're teaching. Why are you teaching that from this lens? And that's kind of how you really solve the problem on a big scale. Because teachers are only teaching the content that they're told to teach in most cases. So, I don't know. I think that might be a better way of looking at it and trying to go in. I feel bad for the teacher, but I also feel bad for King. I do feel, I agree Diamond 100%, the teacher failed to affirm and miss an opportunity to engage this kid and really create a relationship with the kid. Something else that was said that is, I think, important to kind of note I kind of feel I kind of don't want teachers to teach what they think a different culture or race needs to learn like, right? Like what I mean by that is, well, I have all these black kids, so let's do more rapping and dancing. I hate to see kids in school rapping and dancing. Right. So for any educators out there and you got your kids rapping and dancing, <laughs> I don't, I hate it. Because kids aren't going to school to learn how to rap and to dance <laughs> and to step and do all that nonsense. Kids are going to school to get a high quality education to prepare for, to, to lead life field, I mean choice field lives. Mm-hmm. And so... They can learn how to rap and sing, but you better make sure you learn to teach those uh, children a high level of literacy and a high level of number sets and numeracy and things that really will translate into living those choice field lives. So instead of saying, you know, this is how black kids learn, this is how Latino kids learn, this is how boys learn, this is how girls learn, I think it's really important for teachers to look at how this child learns. That's what this individual child needs and really take a personal approach to every single child in his or her class or on his or her role and try to meet their needs for development and help them become the best they can be. That's what I would like to see. Well, speaking of meeting needs, we know somebody whose needs are not being met. And that is Dr. Simone Whitmore from Married to Medicine. Um, As some of you know, she is divorcing her husband, Cecil Whitmore, after 21 years together. Um, she's quoted to, uh, on people as saying, there is no if here, there are no games, I am not pretending, I am done. She told people prior to taping the reunion. People Magazine. People Magazine, yes. Um, that I have reached a place where I am in a marriage where I do not feel loved and no sacrifices are being made for me to make, to being made for me to make me feel loved. I must move on. I'm all for it. Do you, do you watch Married to Medicine? I don't. And that's crazy because somebody told me, like, one of the characters reminded them of me. Dr. And I Heavenly. still didn't get it. How, how did you know that? Because you are very much like Dr. Heavenly. <laughs> really? I don't watch the show, but I've heard that before. And we, that was not rehearsed, so that's amazing. But, yeah, people tell me. No, you, it's the truth. I, I yeah. didn't know. I haven't watched it. It doesn't have you rehearsed when it's true. <laughs> So yeah, I've never watched it, but um, I'm all about leaving that man if he don't make you feel love. You've been there 21 years. That don't mean you got to stay there for another 21 and be miserable. Leave, sis. I'm happy for you. Get out now. <laughs> yeah, I think I used to watch the show. I don't anymore. But when I saw her face watching the show for the first time, she was one of the ones that kind of looked sad to me. Mm. And she just looked kind of like just blah. And like, so when I seen her on the reunion, Sis said, oh, I got my blonde streaks. Like, she just looked more alive and excited. So, I'm with it, too. If you looking way better after you done dropped somebody, I'm all with it. Now, I'm not for a divorce, but if you looking, like, not yourself, then I'm, like, something that, right? See, I'm one of those people that I don't want people to get divorced. I'm, yeah. I'm not like, yes, get a divorce. Everybody get a divorce. Like, I, I truly want marriage 
years to be until death do you part. Yeah. But at the same time, like, how long are you going to stay unhappy in a relationship? Like, are you really willing to live the next 40, 50 years of your life being miserable just so you can say, I never got a divorce? Like, is it worth that? What do you think, Didi? Well, I do watch the show. Um, I guess it's probably why we kind of queued it up. I'm a fan of Married to Medicine. I don't, I don't watch every episode. I think that, you know, I, I don't watch a lot of television, but I've caught episodes that I kind of watch it when there's nothing else on that I'm wanting to watch. I watch an hour of TV per day. That's my limit. And then, you know, I do other things. But on Married to Medicine, Dr. Simone is a very well-established doctor, gynecologist here in Atlanta. And her marriage and her family have always seemed to be very positive. And the show is always portrayed in a positive light. Uh, this season, they've had, I think, some challenges. But I thought the challenges were just for TV. I had no idea that the challenges were for real, that this was an actual marriage in crisis. Mm. Um, you know, I don't know the background. I definitely think that if it's a place where you feel that it's better for your life and your betterment to end it, you should move forward. But I don't advocate for divorce. I do believe that marriage is a lifetime commitment, and I would love to see every family stay together. Uh, if there was any way that perhaps Dr. Simone and Cecil could somehow, you know, make their find a way to... to work through their issues, I always, of course, advocate for that because I just hate to see any family not continue. That is... But once you reach a point of divorce, you don't think that they've already tried to work through it? Sometimes people do that. Sometimes they don't. I don't know. I feel like she seems like a smart woman from what I've read about her. So I'm sure she's probably already tried to do this. A prime example of that, though, comes in from another reality TV show that that I'm boycotting this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm boycotting The Real Housewives Mm -hmm. of Atlanta. But I know that when I watched the program, it was Greg and Nene. They went through a divorce, and then they got remarried later. Right. So, again, I think that you could have a number of situations where you're with your lifetime partner, but their issues, and even those issues tear apart the lifetime commitment that you've made. And I think I don't really think there's anything, if you're with the right person, mm-hmm. that could mitigate a divorce. Everything can be worked through, or so I am inclined to believe. Let's run that back. Why are you boycotting Real Housewives of Atlanta? Well, Dee Dee was a, and is, to this day, always going to be a fan of Phaedra Parks. Mm-hmm. She is my favorite housewife. <laughs> Phaedra was lying. Phaedra. She got caught up with all the lies. So Phaedra left and now you don't want to watch the show? Nope. But without Phaedra, without Phaedra, there is no Housewives of for me. I don't care who you bring back. I don't care who you have. Phaedra was my was my favorite housewife. Educated, articulated, a strong black woman who was assertive and funny at the same time. A fellow Scorpio. Absolutely will always be on team Shady Fae Fae. So what do y'all think, like, reality TV is doing to the narrative of, like, black marriages? Because, like, it's... I hope not much. I hope that that black marriage... So that's a question (laughs) for you two, right? Like, so tell me, as young black women, how are you... How do you feel you're being influenced by what you see on these reality TV shows? Reality TV. Um, I don't watch a lot of reality TV. Uh, I do... Okay. You used to say it's so nice. No, no, no. Now, I'm we not even... We on like, that couch all oh, no. Monday. What did you guys watch? You love it. You, you love it. You hip-hop should hip-hop just stop yesterday. Yes. Listen, <laughs> stop lying, <laughs> I don't, I don't want, When I'm talking about reality TV, I'm talking about... 
uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta, Real Housewives of New Jersey, uh, Married to Madison. I don't watch like the grown people reality TV. Oh, okay. Now I still watch my ratchet reality <laughs> also, TV. That's two different things. That's, ratchet, Monday yes, is it's two different okay. things. I feel like ratchet reality TV is completely different from those I'm grown, Married to Medicine, <laughs> Real Housewives type of Talking reality about real television. Serious. Yeah, oh, okay, that okay. type of shit. Like, um, <laughs> love and hip hop. Them hoes be on there ready to fight in the club. Like, yes. I'm watching that because it gives me my ratchet hour of the week like I can just watch these people act a whole fool but at the same time I really don't I really hope it's not allowing young black women and black men to think that that's okay like the things that we see on reality TV I need people to realize that's for show it's for television that's it don't think that that's a, a healthy relationship or any of that type of stuff I love it I, de- I will not lie and say I do not like me a good love and hip hop sequence because I do but I really do hope that people are able to separate uh, reality TV from real life right I hope so too, but I honestly I don't think so mm. because people like like we're talking about the Phaedras, they went through some things in their relationship from Doctor Simone getting her um divorced and then like stuff like love and hip hop with um what's her name Walker's wife Tammy Tammy in that situation and like young girls who watch these shows they start looking up like people look up to Tammy it's crazy, crazy that may seem to you and I people look up to Tammy and for did Walker Flock of Flame divorce his wife no, no he oh, cheated okay. yeah. and it was really bad she acted like she was gonna leave yeah. and he had to try to fight his way back and all of this other shit they back together yeah, they you back knew that was together. gonna happen <laughs> Tammy acted like she was gonna leave yeah, girl you ain't going nowhere sit sit yeah they're definitely back together but I think uh, I think a lot of the things that are happening on TV females think like well it, all men cheat and all like because they they're literally seeing every almost every black man cheat on that's TV true. nowadays. That's like, true. I don't. I can count on my fingers how many loyal men we see our loyal relationships. On reality, yeah. on reality everybody's TV. cheating. Everybody's cheating on reality TV you shows. Everybody's cheating. So who is a good loyal? Male on a reality television program. Don't ask us that. Yeah, I don't, I don't watch anybody. anything but Married to Medicine and the Real Housewives right. franchise. If I watch anything, I've never seen a love in hip hop. I've seen clips of Jocelyn Hernandez, and she's always been very funny. But other the than Puerto that, Rican princess. Yeah, other than that, I haven't seen any anyone nope. else. Nobody's nobody's faithful. I can't think. Of if you anybody. watch reality TV, there are no faithful black men. Real, Real Housewives were any of their husbands faithful? I can't even think of. Anybody? Child, no, I don't what? think anybody's faithful. I don't think that Todd on the Todd Real Housewives oh, he's the only Atlanta. <laughs> Todd I think that Todd is a very faithful. Wake up now, like that that little pyramid scheme. Wake up now. He cheated too. I think that Todd is a faithful and a good Child. example. Todd, we salute you. And but but on the show they tried to say Candy, he was if you messing like with, to, the, with the friend. He messed with somebody. Candy friend. He, he messed with somebody. At any point, if anyone on the Real Housewives franchise tries, would like to sponsor an episode of Three Plus One Podcast, we welcome you. Uh, we would love to go to the old lady gang and have chicken or whatever else you may serve there. Uh, we would like to do any of the, I don't know what you have, but we'll come and we'll do it with Everybody you. cheating. Shout out to that plug. We support y'all. So it's not just on reality television that you have a number of breakups happening, but you also have it happening. I think this week it was announced that 
Um, <clears throat> Lena Dunham and Jack Antonoff have ended their five year relationship. Lena Dunham, the star of Girls, a uh, famous feminist who has done a, lo- a really great book that came out, I think, two years ago. And then Jack Antonoff is the lead singer of The Bleachers, a phenomenal alternative band, great song, Roller Coaster. If you haven't heard it, download it. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal song. I love it. That they've also decided to move on in a very positive way, not a negative way. Uh, they've emphasized that. Thoughts on this split? Thoughts on Lena Dunham and I do not care for Lena Dunham at all. I saw a tweet that said Lena Dunham is that one girl in high school that claims everybody hates her, but actually she just smells like old laundry and she's hella annoying. And I I completely agree with that. Lena Dunham, no, just no. Like I have, I'm not a fan of her. She's want she wants attention. I feel like oh god, she's always complaining about something. She just does not fit into like the type of person I would want to hang around. So I could care less. I used to watch girls. Yeah. I did watch girls, and then some controversy came up about her that caused me to stop watching girls. So I'm truly not a fan at all anymore. Okay, so Diamond, do you did you watch girls? Lena no, Donald thoughts. I, 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 just think this has Tazzy written all over. When I seen girls, I was like, yo, this is Tazzy. Like, I don't know. I didn't, she watches these Yes, things. I did watch girls. I used to love that so, little white girls having I, a I do whatever. not think this is a white show. I don't think it's a black show. But Name the so black characters on girls. Well, name the black I, characters on girls. There are there were I, name the black. There characters. were no black characters Thank you. on girls. Thank you. But let me tell you. Let me explain <laughs> because this was a slice of their life, and they maybe didn't have any black friends in their life. They lived in New York. They just had no black people in the show did, at all. Because that's just. I think it's okay that if that's. I don't think you have to have black friends. You don't have to have. And that doesn't make you racist if you don't have black friends. So you didn't like friends. There were no black friends. No, I didn't. Like I hate friends. I didn't watch that 70s show. I didn't I watch anything. That. To me, the show, you're not, not yeah, the show, the shows don't appeal to, to you. my interests, right? And that's understandable. If you don't have a character on the program that you can relate to, you don't yeah, watch the show. Yeah, there you go. It's that. all about relation. So, like if, I, if I can't relate, have I you can't watched relate. the new show Grownish on I Freeform? Love, well, no, I love Blackish. I've been meaning to get to Grownish. I haven't had time. But you, I know I, I, I would love, love it. it. It's mm-hmm. a very relatable show. I think there is a show in there for someone. Yeah. I wish that more programs aimed at a millennial audience. Right. Would aspire to that. Um, so, with that being said, Dom, this is a great time to transition into really going deep with your brand because, really, with what you do, the brand psychologist, I think perhaps maybe if Dr. Simone had a psychologist or if Lena Dunham maybe had a psychologist, maybe they would be in different places. So, let's talk a little bit about the brand psychologist and what it is that you do. Yes, D, I really want to know like, what exactly do you do? When it's time to book a session with the brand psychologist, what, what's going on in the session? In the session. Okay, so I meet with um, mostly entrepreneurs, but like I said, also people who are building personal brands. When you sit down in a session, your first session is always the consultation. In that session, we do an assessment. So I ask you, like, what are your fears? What have been your doubts? What has caused you to procrastinate? Um, we actually dig deep into those questions. So some of my clients in that first session, we found out it was things that their parents told them growing up, like, hey, you should go be a lawyer, but really you wanted to be a photographer. Um, some people, their husbands have died. I mean, I know that's kind of like gruesome, but like people have gone through trauma of like death and loss. So I kind of help you take all of those pieces and help you figure out ways to kind of get over those barriers and release so we can reconnect to your brand. Because we all have um, businesses, we all have brand ideas, but at the same time, if you're holding on to that old baggage and things that have like taken you down, you're only going to get what to like. You're not going to get to the highest level. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, um, we find out what those barriers are, and then we do release activities. 
So for some people, it might be as simple as a mind dump. You writing down all the different things, like whatever comes to mind that has been hurting you. And then we compare that to your positive. So if you have a negative thought, what's a positive thought you can counteract that counteract that with? Um, that's an example of an activity. So um, after we do all of that and we kind of release, people cry, like everybody cries in my sessions. Um, we reconnect to your brand. So at that point, like I said, I pass you along to my business partner, who is Tiara Johnson. And she has the Dream Map, which is a three-month plan and action plan to help you um, after you find out what those barriers are she helps you come up with innovative steps to accomplish your goals so some people they've released all this stuff but they have this idea and they still don't know what to do next mm-hmm. so in that dream dream map she actually gives you the action plan and then her and I will work with you for the next two to three months to help you launch or relaunch your brand okay so after you've launched or relaunched your brand in the three month time frame mm-hmm. do you completely just cut these people off or do you continue to work with them how does that go right so it depends so um, a client that we worked with last year actually she came with like literally nothing she had relaunched her brand five times and she was really about to give up so we worked with her for three months she launched her brand and then this year she actually opened up a co-working space so she went from nothing to now having a co-working space so with her um she was one of those clients we gave her three months and she just took off running we have some clients that we're still working with at this day. They uh, wrote written books, and we're still working with them to kind of figure out, okay, what's your next after you've written your book? So after your three months, you accomplish writing your book, you launch your brand, but at this point, you still like, okay, what's next? So for that type of client, we'll continue to work with you. So basically, it goes about like, there's people that have a brand, have a vision, but they don't have necessarily maybe the motivation or the tools to take it to the next level. And that's where you come in. Right. And I think our services are for everyone. So even if you feel like you have the motive, it's not always about motivation. Some people, like you said, are not motivated, but some people have the motivation. They literally just they've worked so well and they've been doing so well that they kind of hit like this. Like, Plateau. Yep. Yeah, we work with people that have been, like, one of our clients, like, you know, he we would say that he's a millionaire, to be honest with you. But at that point, he still wasn't fulfilled. So, it was like, we still had to work with him to kind of, like, relaunch your brand. So, I feel like our services are for someone that doesn't have a brand. You have a brand, you don't know what to do. You just have an idea. Or you have a really successful brand, and at this point, you feel stuck. Okay. So, how can people contact you again? So, you can definitely follow me on Instagram at The Brand Psychologist. That's just T-H-E-B-R-A-N-D. And then Psychologist is P-S-Y-C-H-O-L-O-G-I-S-T. Um, and then on there, you'll see my website and my page and everything else to contact. So, Diamond, what would be one piece of advice that you would give someone who is right now uh, just now thinking about their brand? What's the first step they need to take? The first step of you're just now, just like literally just a thought. Like th- so you have people out here who know that what they know mm-hmm. that what they're doing isn't what they mm-hmm. want to do or what they are born to do. God gave them life. God gave them a purpose. And they are not living in that purpose. So you have someone who may be hearing this podcast mm-hmm. and they're sitting there and they're thinking to themselves, this is not where mm-hmm. I am meant to be. What is their first step? The first step is literally to just start. For me, um, I really became like going hard on my brand when I quit my job. And at that point, I didn't know what to do. I still didn't know the steps. I had a name. I had a business name and everything. I think at that point, I had an Instagram, but I literally just had to start. I had to quit my job and I had to just start. And that's still scary to some people because they feel like starting means you have to be perfect. Like, oh, I got to go have a business plan. Diamond, how I go get my LLC? No, forget all of that. Just start. Like, what is your actual skill? What are you going to be offering? Don't worry about no business license. Don't worry about the money. Don't worry about who's going to be on your team. People be worried about 
stuff that don't have nothing to do with God put you on this earth to do. If God put you on this earth, I don't know, I keep using the example photographer. If God put you on this earth to be a photographer, don't worry about how you're going to get the money to go get a camera. Just start. Reach out for resources. These schools give you free um, cameras to rent out. Go rent a camera and go take some pictures or go take some pictures on your $800 iPhone. Like, stop worrying about all that other stuff yes. and just do it. Like, the resources are there. Make it happen. So, Diamond, when you think about all the celebrities that are out there today, uh, what celebrity or what, you know, who comes to mind and saying that this person needs the support of the brand psychologist? Ooh, I think about that all the time. I can't wait to have my celebrity clients. Um, let's see. Boo, I'm a celebrity client. No, you sure are. No, all of my friends and family, they, they, <laughs> they're my celebrity clients. I treat everybody like a celebrity client. But let me think about this because I really do think about this all the time. Ooh, you know what? Tyrese. Because because oh. I know I already know for a fact Tyrese already, hopefully God, please let this man already have a therapist or somebody. What more do you yeah. want from me? Like, I would have <laughs> loved to just pull him in my office and be like, you know what? We about to talk this out because Tyrese is very intelligent. He, I, but I just feel like he need an outlet to be himself and to be really, really honest with himself because he's so used to everybody like boosting up his head. Like, he a fine, sexy man. So sometimes when you like, you look good and you got this macho attitude, like you don't want people telling you about yourself. Mm. like he trying to act like he got it all together like no you really don't so I would really just love to be like face to face with him and just like so have a session for those of us who like I don't really know you know what happened with like what's going on with Tyrese I saw him recently at the inauguration of our mayor oh, our was. mayor he Lance Bottoms good. Keisha Lance Bottoms so wh- what what's going on with Tyrese I have no He's basically having some issues with um, his, his custody battle, yeah. battles with his uh, ex and his daughter. And his video went viral of him. He basically, he puts all of his business on the internet. And so his videos have been going viral of him crying and saying, I just want my child. I just want to see my daughter. And what more do you want from me is like everywhere. And he looks a whole fool. You're a grown man on the internet crying and letting all these strangers know your business. Keep that in the courts. Handle it behind closed doors. But isn't doors. it a good thing that he is being so passionate about custody of his daughter? That he's being so not passionate. if it's fake. I feel like sometimes no, he's, he's over the top. It's not genuine. Because so often be. black men don't take a are not present visibly present in that mm-hmm. way. They're not showing the emotions and the love they feel for their children uh, publicly. And I think that Tyrese is doing it, but he's getting you know obviously attacked for it. Right. I I think what he's doing. I think the fact that he loves his daughter is awesome. Even before he went through the custody battle, I would see him in pictures with his daughter. Like, he truly sees his daughter as a gem and a queen, and I love that about him. I think in this very instance, why I would prefer to work with him is because I feel like this situation kind of like took down his character just a tad bit i think a lot of people are questioning his character especially when he said jada and will gave him money they came back and said they didn't so at this <laughs> point he's assassinating his character, character. so these things aren't true or may not be yeah well. it could be but we don't know but they're coming back and saying they're supposed to be your homeboy and homegirl they're gonna be like yeah we said it but no they said we they didn't say it so something somebody <laughs> so i think at the end of the day like i feel like he really could have used his platform in a way <coughs> of accomplishing one showing people that he's a good father but two also building up his brand in some way i would have used the platform all the best i can but instead he decided to get on there and cry and like tell like i guess these stories of people giving him money that people aren't saying true just acting a straight um a fool yeah but speaking of foolish entertainers 
Let's discuss Wendy Williams. Now we can transition into our entertainment side. Wendy Williams calls for an end of Pound Me Too. Which was last week's The Best of Us. Yes, it was The Best of Us. And according to Jessica Fain for the Daily News, Wendy Williams said during her show that she is sick of this Me Too movement. The often controversial talk show host hit out at the movement twice during a recent show. Now, let's 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 talk about Wendy Williams' foolishness. Do you guys watch the Wendy Williams show? I don't because I do not like her, you know, I don't like her setup. I don't like the type of show that she has. It's very gossipy and negative, and I just can't get with it. Like I give my like I said earlier, I give myself an hour of ratchet television. I watch Love and Hip Hop once a week, but I cannot watch Wendy Williams be, you know, so combative and gossip and negative half the time when she's talking about people's personal lives. Like I, I can't get with it. I'm not a Wendy Williams fan, never have been, never will be. Yeah, I, I actually watch. Well, I don't watch it because it comes on at weird times. Like I'm either at work, and then it does come on at late night. I know it used to at least. And I used to. I like her show, honestly. Um, I do. I'm not gonna lie. I do because she's entertaining to me. Can't like how she reacted me really. Like she really cracks me up. Like her her mannerisms, everything about her is pretty funny to me. So do so. you think? So with her wanting to, you know, attacking the Me Too movement, saying that she's sick of this Me Too movement. You know, what do you think that says about her? She's a woman. And you're telling other women, I'm tired of you coming out and telling your stories about what's going on. That's a problem because women have already been, And she's you a know, woman of color. Yes, you're a woman of color. These women that are coming out from the Me Too movement have already spoken and said that they didn't want to come out because of backlash from men and people telling them not to tell their stories and be quiet. But then another, a woman comes out, a woman of color comes out and says, okay, I'm tired of hearing y'all stories. How, that's a slap in the face. Hopefully, the these entertainers will choose not to be guests on her show. Yes, uh, because boycott of Wendy Williams. I just boycott H and M. Hashtag boycott H and M. That's who I need you to boycott. Is you boycott H and M because they call you a monkey and your children monkeys too in their eyes. So we are gonna boycott H and M. I don't know about boycott Netflix or Wendy, but we are gonna boycott H and M. So Wendy, I, y'all, I think the therapist in me. What as soon as I saw that she said that, it makes me feel like that she's probably been a victim and she doesn't know how to say, hey, I don't want to personally talk about it right that's what don't I bring it up at all yeah, don't try don't, to take it away from other some women black, some black women don't know how to express themselves so instead of just saying oh this is bringing back bad memories and she said it actually i think she said somebody groped her so instead of her saying like i don't like to have those memories like i don't want you to bring it back up just stop talking about it she's saying she said it in a different way but what she is it really a cry for help like hey mm-hmm. that's a good point d Wendy, if you're it. listening the brand psychologist is here to help <laughs> So, ladies, what do Diana Ross, Snoop Dogg, Bjork, Nicki Minaj, and Katy Perry all have in common? They all have 10 or more Grammy nominations with no wins as of today. As of today's recording, I'm not certain if any of these artists are nominated for tonight's Grammys uh, or the Grammys that are actually taking place right now as we record, but they will be. So, let's take a brief moment and talk a little bit about tonight's Grammy Awards. What are you guys' thoughts on the big nominations, the big categories? Uh, before I get thoughts on like the Grammys tonight, I will always stand by this. Last year, Beyonce and Rihanna were snubbed for Grammys. Beyonce should have won Album of the Year. Who who won last year's Album of the Year? Adele, and then Adele got up oh. and gave a speech saying this war belongs to Beyonce, and they gave Beyonce Best Urban Contemporary Adele, you, you Album. You deserve your award. No, 
Adele, you was you deserved your award. Great work, Adele. Phenomenal album and phenomenal single. You deserved every award you got. The fact that she got the award and said this award actually belongs to she Beyonce is a big thing. It's a she big didn't want thing. To no, offend her nobody friend. has ever gotten up there and gotten the award and said, you know what? Actually, this belongs to the greatest of all time. She under she knew she knew, and then her behind the scenes uh, interview, she even said that the Grammys have been playing Beyonce for a lack of a better word. But yes, and so Beyonce they gave Beyonce instead the best urban contemporary album, which Rihanna should have won for Anti, and Beyonce should have won Album of the Year. Now I'm getting tired of these award shows not giving black people the awards that they are due, and these are some two of my faves. So you I'm feel about that it. Lemonade was. Album of the year. It was so impactful. It was a good album, but it wasn't. Ever First good. of all, listen. And it like wasn't I said, even the best album that Beyonce's oh done. Oh my god! Nobody said it was the best album she's done. It's an amazing album. The fact that, like I said, Adele won the award. Spent half her speech talking about how amazing Lemonade was yeah. and how impactful Lemonade was on people and how much it was, uh, how great it was for Black women and how empowering it was for Black women. So for her to win that award and still spend her acceptance speech. Talking about Beyonce's album, that says something. What is the best album? The best song? Give me the best song on Lemonade. What was the best song on Lemonade? In terms of its writing quality, in terms of its production, in terms of its vocals, what was its best song? Love Drought. And you're telling me that Love Drought was better than When We Were Young. Yeah. Diamond, what are you? What are your thoughts on this? Because it seems like we are at a stalemate. I certainly love feel. drought. Sorry, formation, yeah. all of them. I think I, I don't when think. we were young. Hello, send no. my love to your new lover. Child. All I ask, wonder water under the bridge. I love Adele. A I love Adele. Phenomenal, phenomenal I love Adele. Artist. Listen, and no, she's not out here making all these albums, oh all God. these videos, smashing over water hydrants. Again, I love Beyonce too, right? I I, I love her work. But I do not feel she had the album of the year. Adele, not, not this one. Adele killed no, the 25. No. It was oh, a truly God. mature story that gave you the, the whole entire range of what it really means to be at a certain point in your life where you're really reflecting and contemplating that t- when you went lost. I don't have the love I want and I may not have it. And that's what I got from the deep reflections of what Adele put together. Beyonce told a whole story in Lemonade, but let's be honest about Adele. Adele is Jasmine Sullivan with white skin. And the fact that she's a white woman that sounds like Jasmine Sullivan is why she gets all of these I don't know what album things. that Jasmine Sullivan has done. Jasmine Sullivan no. isn't getting the help and the writing and all of these things that Adele is getting because Adele has a voice that doesn't fit what she looks like, and so people are in love with her. I don't think that it's fair to take away from Adele the her vocal power because no, she, she has like, great. Nobody said that. She, I'm saying that her vocal power. People are so amazed with her because they Adele's don't know a white voice, woman that sings like that. Adele That's the only can reason. Sing yes, and people are shocked because she's a white woman Jasmine singing Sullivan like that. Under the water, Jasmine Sullivan does not get the you know the type of she may not get the praise the praise she that she deserves at all. And I'm not saying that she, she does. But what I am saying so is that Adele is a better vocalist. I think that Adele and Jennifer Hudson are the two strongest voices yeah. of our living day. Does Jennifer Hudson have a Grammy? Yes. She does for Dream Girls? She has a Grammy. I'll look up for what? Diamond, give us your insight while I look up. 
Jennifer Hudson's. Um, Jennifer Hudson don't got album of the year though. That's the biggest one. Jennifer Hudson's never made an album of the year, unfortunately. Jennifer Hudson needs to get in the studio with a real producer and really sit down and give us a beautiful album that but is worthy giving, of her voice. That's the thing. Voice. You're giving amazing producers based off of like your status. And but stuff don't take society. it away from Adele. What she? I'm was not. Doing. I'm saying the reason that why Adele gets these amazing producers. The album because, was great. Okay. Yeah. It was. She, a, she gets those producers because she's a white woman with that voice. It's unique. White women don't be singing like that. Celine Dion. <laughs> don't sound like Barbara a damn. Sizing. Don't sound like a damn. Are you kidding me? These women have Celine. voices. Don't sound like say. a damn. Barbara Streisand. I, I think the reason Beyonce didn't win is because the story that she told was for a black woman who also been cheated on. That's, that is not the large collective. And I think Adele told a story that was for the larger collective and that's why she won. Which is sad. I like Beyonce's album better. But the story that she told was for us and our sisters. And we like, yeah! But the white women were looking like, what's so good about this? But that doesn't like, take away from the quality of the album. Like, I, but I the quality of the album was, was the what? what you're, are you just, you, you're going mainly by the story that she told. She told because the you story, but the songs were amazing as but well. I, I guess maybe I didn't identify yeah, you probably did. I think it's yeah. identifiable. And a lot of people maybe it identified did. to more Adele. Maybe identified. Of course, she identified to more people yeah. because she won the damn award. But Beyonce Jennifer also Hudson has won Best R&B Performance by a female vocalist for in two thousand nine for I'm His Only Woman. She won Best Female R&B Vocal Performance for two thousand nine Spotlight. Best R&B Performance is Your World twenty fifteen. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, she was a nominee that year. She won for Best R&B Album in two thousand and nine. Um, and so she also won for Best Musical Theater Album for The Color Purple in 2017. She didn't win, I'm sorry, for Best Army Performance. I'm his only woman in 09, but she was nominated. Listen. So Jennifer Hudson has a total of two actual wins. Two album of the wins. year is what we're talking about. Okay. The biggest one, the last award they give out for the night. Jennifer, take the current things happening in your life, get in that studio, and give us the album of the year that we so rightfully deserve from you that love you. Jennifer got a messy ass life right now. It's okay, Jennifer. It, you have seen your way through more obstacles <laughs> yes, and challenges, and yes. I know that you're going to overcome this, and you're going to continue to be the uh, vocal icon of this living day. So, looking at our current Grammy nominees, album of the year, the nominees are Childish Gambino for Awaken My Love, 40, 44, Jay-Z, Damn, Kendrick Lamar, Melodrama Lord, 24 Karat Magic, Bruno Mars. Who's going with it? So, out of those, I'm probably going to go with 24K Magic. Yeah, I, I agree, I think. And I'm not even a huge fan of Bruno Mars. Well, I wasn't before this year. This year, like, he did amazing. Or, yeah, 27. 24 Karat Magic or 24K Magic was a great album, but you know, I really want to see Kendrick Lamar win it. I really do. I don't know if he will, but I think that album was one that really did help awaken a type of activism in our society that I, I was really happy to see. So I really want Kendrick to win, but if Bruno wins, I won't be disappointed. Uh, nominees for Record of the Year uh, Childish Gambino, Redbone, Despacito uh, from. Uh, Louis Fonzie and Daddy Yankee featuring Justin Bieber, the story of OJ, Jay-Z, Humble, Kendrick Lamar, and then 24K Magic, Bruno Mars. Ladies, who's going to win Record of the Year? I'm going with Redbone. That's my personal favorite from the list. Yeah, I do love that song, but I think Humble. Like, Kendrick Lamar, I think in the state of, like, when that song came out and everything that was going on, like, he was telling, like, a real story of, like, culture at the time. So I think that it was amazing, and I hope he wins. Okay. You know, I think... I could live if 
Bruno Mars wins for Humble for Record of the Year, then I could see Bruno. I mean, if uh, Kendrick Lamar wins for Humble, then I could concede and let and be happy with Bruno Mars winning for Album of the Year. The last Grammy nominee that we want to, or category that we're going to talk about on the podcast, Song of the Year. Uh, the nominees again: Despacito, uh, Forty Four, uh, as well. Uh, you have Issues, and that's what I like. And those are the nominees. I'm definitely going with that's what I like. Mm-hmm. That's what I like. That hey. song, come on, everybody get excited. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it just was a feel good song. song of the year. Yes. For song of the year for sure. Yeah, I agree, definitely. So yeah, I think I agree with that. But also uh the the song uh issues with logic featuring Alicia Carr, I think is the way I was saying in Khalid. Uh, the one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five about suicide. That that was a great song as well. I'm not sure if you've heard it, but it's a beautiful video if you haven't seen it. And I think that video is definitely worth watching. If you haven't checked it out, go ahead and Google it. Uh, great, great video. So I could see that one. It'd be great to get that recognition for what it represents uh, about you know suicide in the LGBTQ community. But if you you know, but it doesn't even, it would be great for that to get some recognition. But I could also again live with 24 karat magic because again it did keep all of us moving and upbeat throughout the course of the year. So now it's time to go into this week's segment of the Up, the Down, the Clown. So we're going to start with our The Up. And Tazzy, what is this week's The Up? The Up is by far the Rock Nation brunch. I am a huge fan of powerful, amazing celebrities, black people getting together and doing amazing shit. And they're basically, they have this brunch where Diddy and Jay-Z and Beyonce and Monica and all of these people that are huge in the music industry get together and basically have like a a big-ass party. And that took place yesterday. The pictures are all over the internet, so that's definitely the up. It gave me so much joy to see all of those beautiful faces in one room. And it made me be like, you know what? I'm going to be there soon. I'm going to be at the Rock Nation brunch. Jay-Z is going to know my name. Beyonce is going to come up to me and be like, girl, you're funny as hell. And I was just watching a clip you did, and I just listened to the podcast. And I'm claiming all that right now so y'all can hear it. So when it happens, you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, she said that. Yeah, so shout out to the Rock Nation brunch and all the beautiful people that were at that brunch and how amazing it looked. So any of those celebrities do anything big recently that would really be worthy of more than, you know, just being at a brunch? Well, a lot of celebrities do um, amazing things, but I think Diamond was just talking about how Little John is doing something great right now. Right, yeah, so he actually donated money to start a school, a second school in Ghana. So from what I'm reading, he's already started a school there. So I thought that was absolutely amazing that, so yes, these celebrities have this money, but they are, they're thinking globally and they're actually, you know, building things in places that we don't even think about. Like we don't really sit down and think about, hey, how many schools are in Ghana? We're not really, because we're not there, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. So I have tremendous respect for people that have money here in America, but they're thinking globally to, you know. Diamond, you also have this week's The Down. So this week's the down. Bank of America actually shut down online banking. So Diamond, what does that mean? They shut down online banking. I don't know if I could live. I don't think I could do business with a bank if they do online banking. <laughs> right. So that's why I think that's so disrespectful. Like everybody, like you ever just been out to eat and you got you know you well me. I know I gotta be having to check my account real quick. Like, <laughs> so you don't get embarrassed. Yeah. Like, so I don't get that little. They you know they bring your card back. And then you gotta send that text yeah. to friend. Hey, can you cover me? Yeah. No. See y'all embarrassed to do that. I be done trying to call my mama like that man, that meme of that man on the phone with the blue shirt. I, yeah, like, I had to do that before. 
online. So now I need my online banking. So basically, Bank of America has, according you know to my sources, they done shut down online banking. So people who have Bank of America, Bank of America, I guess, have to either go to their bank or call the um, call them, but they can't like simply log in with their information. See, I'm glad I got rid of Bank of America a while ago. They tried to charge me twelve dollars a month for a maintenance fee, so I pulled up, took out all my money, and left. Because that's insane. I already have money in the bank. Why are you trying to charge me for a maintenance fee? And if you do charge me a maintenance fee, why the hell is it $12 a month? You're insane, Bank of America. (laughs) Okay, so I don't have a Bank of America account, so I can't speak on any of that. I bank with Wells Fargo, Chase, and SunTrust. So hopefully... uh, Bank of America Uh-oh, is... Oh, money bags, DD got three banks. Oh. It's good to have more than one bank, millennials, because you never know what could happen. It could be like, uh, you know, I, I, I've been the victim of fraud several times. And so having that separate bank always works. I've had situations where, like, my bank account was literally drained two days after payday. Wow. So that taught me I was actually maybe 25 when that happened. So that taught me to always have multiple banks and not have all my money in one spot. Yeah, I have Wells Fargo and Regions. Shout out. I have Shout something out. to add. So I just looked up my sources again. So for it's, it's free online if you keep a, a certain amount in your account. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good so for college students. Right. And they said they started it being free because it used to be $12. This is this fee you might be talking about. They said it used to be free, but they said for freelancers, they made it. You know, they understand that people quitting their jobs, trying to be um, full-time entrepreneurs. But I guess people was probably, in my opinion, they probably started going into negative. <laughs> so now they do have it, but you have to keep a certain amount. And this says a minimum daily balance of $1,500 or more or they have to have $250 um, direct deposit um, minimally, looks like. Um, so if you don't have at least fifteen hundred dollars in your account, that don't even sound right to me. Like what? Get rid of bank. You know how many entrepreneurs? Yeah, yeah, they about to lose a lot of business. You have to. If you don't have fifteen hundred dollars in your Bank of America account, you might want to check that account and see <laughs> if they charging you per month and take that money somewhere right. else. Ciao. Okay. Well, on next up is the clown. Didi, who is the clown? I don't know. You get that segment. <laughs> The clown of the week will be the court clerk that asked Meek Mill for money. So Wanda... Now, Meek Mill's already been found guilty from Judge Janice Brinkley. Okay. But this court clerk, I think it was a like a probation meeting or... Something, something like that. Okay. He had to go to court. And basically, she took it back to high school, wrote a note, slid it to him, asking him for money to help pay for um, her child's tuition. Uh, he goes to Virginia Commonwealth University. My cousin, Alexis. Hey, Alexis. Also goes to VCU. Um, she might know this young man. Well, your friend's mama was asking Meek Mill for some money to pay for his tuition. That makes her the clown because she thought that that wasn't going to get exposed. I do feel bad because it's like, you're a mom. You're going to do whatever you can to get your child some money for school. But at the same time, sis, this is a high-profile person. You didn't think that people Who was very unhappy with the criminal justice yes. system because of what Judge Janice Brinkley did. Supposedly, she tried to strike a deal with him in private chambers for her own fame or attempt to get fame. <laughs> and uh, Then when he declined to support her or help her or was unable to do whatever she wanted, she threw the book at him literally yeah so i definitely regret that but i also regret the fact that this mom you know 
didn't have the financial means with her child. That's a very bad feeling. So, you know, I think that it would be phenomenal if Meek Mill did help her out nonetheless or gave her whatever, if he could, uh, could help her out. That's, to me, what makes a celebrity really worthy of that, of the up or even the best of us each week. And that kind of goes directly into this week's The Best of Us Award. As you know, today is the Grammy. We're recording this podcast on the Grammys. And I want to give a special shout out in the Best of Us Award to two former students and two amazing young ladies and two podcast hosts, Lindsay Oliveira and Laurel Oliveira. They are the hosts of the Art of the Funny Girl podcast on SoundCloud as well as uh Apple Podcasts or iPodcasts, and their podcast is hilarious. It's really great. These two sisters are currently right now at the Grammys helping out. Uh, They're doing great work in the entertainment industry. They're also on their way. Huge shout out to them. They really do represent the best of us in their efforts and their endeavors, and so we're really excited to celebrate them. One thing, too, that I wanted to share before we get into the products that we love, I want to talk about the black t-shirts that we mentioned in our very first podcast. When Tadzi was saying that she was not going to support me in my hashtag boycott H&M movement because of the high price of t-shirts from everywhere else. You can, and I went through my closet, pulled out my t-shirts, and I'm a fan of Power in Black Tees. That is a great t-shirt company. You can find them on Instagram, and you can purchase online. Power in Black Tees. Also, ladies, a great t-shirt company. I own one t-shirt from this company. It was a religious-inspired shirt that I bought. It's called We Are Omi, O-M-I, Grace. We Are Omi, Grace. They have a phenomenal line of products. Uh, Many of them are geared towards women, but they have a few t-shirts for men, as well as a new black tea, T-E-E company, new black tea company. They, those three company, those three businesses have t-shirts in my closet that are affordable and that are phenomenal alternatives to H&M, unless you just feel like a monkey and you want to wear your monkey shirt. <laughs> um, you can also go on Instagram and you can look up We Buy Black. It's a phenomenal website and they have a very great Instagram where they're highlighting products that also you can purchase and buy. And you can follow Lindsay and Laurel on Instagram at Raina, L-R-A-Y-N-A, and Jesslo, J-U-S-T-L-O. And the podcast is the art of the funny girl. They represent the best of us. Last thing, ladies, products that we love this week. So yesterday I had daddy-daughter date night with my dad. Shout out to you. Love you. Um, and we were talking about different wines and stuff that we drink. And my product of the week is definitely going to have to be Miomi Pinot Noir. It's my favorite. Well, it's not my favorite. It might be my favorite. It's one of the greatest. Like, I love it. It's How much a, was it? Um, It's a really cheap bottle. It's only like $26. That's pretty expensive for a bottle of wine. Okay, well. <laughs> but you're not willing to buy a black t-shirt. We're going to pay for Naomi Miomi. You're going to pay for Naomi Campbell wine. It's not Naomi. It's Mayomi. You're going to buy Mayomi wine, but you're not going to buy a black tea. I will okay? buy a black tea. H- are you going to boycott But you asked me my product are I never said I wasn't going to boycott H&M. I said I would boycott H&M. Are you supporting me in this boycott? Are you boycotting H&M? Right, you can clearly see which of us actually edits and listens to our podcast. Because in the first podcast, I made it known that H&M doesn't even sell pants that I wear. So I can't no, I wear them. That, but you said and that, that means I will be boycotting them. It makes it easy for me 
me to boycott. So you're boycotting H and M. I am boycotting H and M. All I said was that Issa Rae had on a sweatshirt that cost three hundred dollars that was made by black people, and I can't afford to buy a three hundred dollars sweatshirt. But I can afford. But I can afford. We are on me Grace and New Black Tea Company. All have t shirts that are under thirty dollars and very affordable. And I will be purchasing from them, and I can afford a twenty six dollar bottle of wine that and a thirty dollar t shirt. I sure can. But that's my product of the week. Miami Pinot Noir is amazing. I love it. It's great. Don't give me no sweet wine. Give me that. <laughs> Donna, yeah, what dry, dry. Yeah. Is there a product that you're in love with this week? Yes, this week definitely would be my pink sugar oil. Um, I was actually at the store the other day, and this lady literally followed me around the store. I was like, you smell so good. When you so, walked in the house, what's, what's yeah, the first thing that came out of my mouth? And then Diddy was like, yeah, what you got? What you wearing? So, yeah, it's definitely the pink sugar. I did not say it that way. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. I don't remember how you said it. Yes, he did. But it made it funny because that's awesome. <laughs> but, um, it was pink sugar, and it's like literally from like those little kiosks in the middle of the mall. Like they're the ones that be like dragging you down. Like come so, what the mall? Oil. Because I, I'm, mm-hmm. I think that there, I'm gonna, I have hair, I have natural hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go and buy some of the pink sugar. You ain't going oil. to Greenbrier to get it. Is that's that what you got it from? You, you bought it from Greenbrier. It wasn't from Greenbrier, <laughs> but you can get it from any mall. But I've actually seen them at South Lake. I can't remember where I got this one specifically but they have them like literally every month okay. south lake south decap they have their lennox you know it. what i ain't seen them passing out oil in the middle of lennox but they probably do like in a cut like somewhere in lennox like, like so this week's my uh thing that i'm in love with is uh my g- jamaican guyanese cold tea cold cold Where did the jamaican part come in because uh a very special friend of mine also recommended this tea okay and so the tea is homemade brewed it's chopped up ginger root it is garlic clove it is honey and it is like several lemons boiled in a big pot and stewed for a while to give a really phenomenal antioxidant tea that has helped alleviate uh, my cold i feel great i've had two cups and i'm super energized and i'm very pleased with it this is a tea that i'm probably going to make more uh and i'm very excited to share for anyone out there this is called a flu season i had a had a flu shot but i still have a little cold and this tea is going to feel significantly better so i would like to thank everyone who's listening can't wait to share our next episode with you have an amazing week be empowered inspired and educated and once again i would like to thank my line sister diamond hill for thank joining you. us the brand psychologist, the brand psychologist. Yes. Yeah. thank you for coming and uh talking to us today again we thank you all for tuning in with us and we can't wait to talk to you again next week